The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hi, this is Brad Marcus of Hi, this is Brad Marcus from Toilet Side Wrestling Talk Fame, here to give you two public service announcements. The first, please spay your pets. Bob Barker doesn't say that just to create air. And secondly, please go get vaccinated for COVID. I was vaccinated twice and got a booster once, and I still caught COVID. I'm on day eight, and it's fucking awful. I'm constantly exhausted. My muscles and joints ache. I have a killer headache. My throat is sore. Um, I lost taste. I'm congested. So it really sucks. So go get um, vaccinated as many times as you can. Um, I don't see more than two hurting, but as many as you can. And um, so you won't get this and we'll stop the spread. So let's get on to the show. Marcus, and welcome to another episode of Toilet Side Wrestling Talk. Today's guest hails from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and began his in-ring career in 2017. He's worked for such promotions as MCW, Primal Conflict Wrestling, Southwest Wrestling Entertainment, Pele Pro Wrestling, River City Wrestling, and of course, Ring of Honor. He's held the Ring of Honor Six-Man Tag Team Championships as part of Shane Taylor Promotions. He's also held the MCW Tag Team Championships. Along the way, shared the ring with the likes of Danhausen, PCO, Dame Judy Dench, Gary J, Kenny King, Homicide, Rhett Titus, Jay Lethal, and I could go on and on. So let's welcome today's guest, someone who's not scared of his massive shadow. I give you Khan. Hey, how are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. So you probably can't tell, but if I lift my shirt, my body looks nothing like uh, your body in that past. Okay, I'm 45 years old. Mm. Is there any way without like me having to use like steroids or anything, which I, I guess I would, but um, how long would it take me to, to get to where you are? Oh, physically would it i mean would it take me like 10 years like something or it can my body even you know get so. that strong at this point i think so i don't think it would take 10 years i do tell people that are younger than me that ask me how long i've been working out for like how long it took to get this physique uh, i say yeah. 32 years like that's how long it's gonna take uh okay okay but like a staple of mine is intermittent fasting i've been doing that for like five or six years that really? alone, I think, has helped tremendously not even like physique wise it was just like sleeping better feeling through better throughout the day that's helped tremendously so is this now your uh, a lifestyle change like I think this so. isn't like i'm gonna stop doing this in like a year or something no it's definitely lifestyle i don't even feel hungry typically in the morning so i just try to fast like noon or 2 p.m 1 2 p.m in the afternoon that's kind of how it works with my work schedule too so it just kind of worked out around like noon or 12 30 mm -hmm. do people find you ornery or, you know, or like in a bad mood? Uh, I don't think so. I remember when I first started doing it, I'd get really cold. But I was also like uh -huh. super focused. That was like one of the side effects of fasting. You 
Because once you start eating, your body starts burning, like use the energy to break down and burn food. That's when you actually get tired in the afternoon. That's like the 2 p.m. Like people want Yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like with fasting, for some reason, like everything was just hyper focused. I was just cold all the time. But otherwise, I'm I think I'm in pretty pretty chill mood. Was it like um you know July and like you're in the like wherever you're working with like a sweater on like Pretty like much. that dramatically cold? Yeah, I'd be in the house with the AC and like a hoodie, sweatpants. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, how old were you when you started like lifting? Uh, I think maybe eleven or twelve. I went to the YMCA and I remember I couldn't do free weights. Like I was super new to this. I think the first book I bought was like the Triple H workout book. Oh uh, God, that's so funny. Started doing machines and like kind of got into free weights. I started like super lifting when I got my freshman year of high school because I was playing football at the time. And that's when I like okay. introduced to the weight room. Um, all right, we're gonna. I want to come back to that right. then. So, did you um, did you grow up in in Minneapolis? Yep, I was born and raised in Minneapolis. Okay, mm-hmm. I I I grew up in Chicago. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, you know, winters are bad in Chicago, and I assume in Minnesota. I went to school in Madison, so, like, bad winters. Yeah. A friend of mine moved up to Minneapolis, and he's like, you would not believe it's, like, as if it's never snowed before. They don't plow the streets. And I'm like, I'm surprised because I would think that, you know, Minneapolis uh, cities and, you know, states yeah. up that way have a good system in place because they have have it bad every year. Yeah. Is it? like that where they the streets don't get plowed i think that i mean last time i was there the moment it snowed plows are already out like the moment there's like a little yeah. bit of dust and people are out there with sand trucks um maybe things have changed with like climate change a little bit because it has been a little bit warmer but typically yeah snow, by the next morning the streets are already plowed my friend might be crazy that's also <laughs> another there, there's that as well um what uh, did you like grow up in a suburb of minneapolis or actually like your mailing address was minneapolis minnesota uh, south minneapolis i was like right right by like the lake of the isles so i was right in the heart of the city oh okay yeah. and did your uh did your parents grow up in the area uh, my mom is actually from a small town in wisconsin uh okay Minnesota. nobody nobody really knows where that is and then my dad no. actually Cameroon, West Africa. So he immigrated here when he was like 17, 18 years old. So how do they hook up? Uh, I think they met at the University of Minnesota. Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah. what, uh, and then they like fell in love and got married? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, or in like, happened. very, yeah. they liked each other like a lot. Or something, then they yeah, decided. close to it, love. It's fine. Yeah. I, I accept that in my life. Yeah, um, so then they, they came did your dad know anybody when he came over here uh i think he one of his older brothers came there's actually like a pretty strong big cameroonian population in minnesota uh so like typically like a lot of immigrants if one person comes over like a small family then like a lot of people start coming to the area so like Minneapolis like has a huge somali population that's just because a few people came over and then Mm -hmm. oh this is like a nice place to live and then all of them come over so Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, was it was it? A, do you know? Maybe you don't know this. Was it like a culture shock for your dad coming here? From what he's told me, it was, uh, especially coming back. I think he came here mid '80s. I couldn't only okay. imagine what Minnesota was like at that time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably boring, like every city <laughs> in this country at that time. You know, but went, in a good way. Yeah, like yeah, I think he went to Pennsylvania first, and then he went to Minnesota, and then. Okay. Like, not only like not really knowing like he knew English, but mm-hmm. coming over being an immigrant and then just like the whole cultural dynamic of what the world was like in the 19, late 1980s is probably crazy. Has your father been back to Cameroon? Mm-hmm. I think he goes back like every year. I actually went back to Cameroon with him like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Was that the first time you had gone? Yeah, it's definitely a cultural experience for sure. Oh my God! Can I? Do you mind if I ask you a couple oh questions God. about this? How long is the flight? Was it from Minneapolis to? Uh, I think it was Minneapolis to Paris. It was like eight or nine hours. And then we flew from Paris to I forgot which country right above Cameroon. And then we flew from that country down. That was like another hour flight. Uh, I think by it was the just time the two of you. Yeah. Yep. My cousin, oh, wow. one of my cousins from Minneapolis, already went out there. So my uh, my grandfather was the chief of our village. And once he passed away, my uncle became the new chief, and he was living in Minnesota at the time. So we were doing like this whole coronation process. Uh, process. My uh-huh. grandmother unfortunately passed away like two weeks before we flew out there. Oh, so God. then it was just like a whole 
ceremony with that. So we had to like speed up our trip and get out there as soon as possible. Um, I think I got there like at three or four in the morning. So like not only being jet lagged, it was an eight hour time difference. Just like my dad's from like a small village. So mm -hmm. there's no lights out there. Uh, oh, really? Like, what about like, internet? Uh, at least where we were, nothing. Like it was a three hour drive into like the middle of the jungle. Um, just like- Were you nervous at all? I think I was just so like sleep deprived. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't even process what was going on. Uh -huh. And then waking up the next morning, because these people, it was like this whole, like funerals are not a super sad thing. They're like a celebration of life. Uh -huh. So when I got there, it was this huge, on our compound, like we have a couple houses, huge party, everyone's drinking, they're celebrating my grandmother's life. Oh. I'm like trying to fall asleep, wake up at like 6 a.m. the next day. And then you like walk outside, you see Mount Cameroon in the distance. And then it's just like, the jungle is right behind the houses. It was just, I've never experienced like that, anything like that in my life. Did you just stand there with like your jaw dropped, like Pretty trying much, to like, take this all in? Yeah, we would go for walks. We would, like climbed half the mountain a couple hours one time. It's just so, so different. Like you would never it, imagine what it was, was like. It cool meeting family members for the first time? Kind of, I think where I was at, like I was like 21. Uh, yeah. It was weird because Technically, we're royalty there. So, like, I'm a Cameroonian prince. Uh, people would talk to you in a way where they're like, oh, you can, like, you wouldn't have to lift a finger to get your food. They'd make your food for you, do your laundry, do all your chores. Uh, but then at the same time, they're, like, telling you all these, like, historical, cultural things. It was just, like, a yeah. lot to take in. I was there for, like, 21 days. Oh, my God. But then you could only go so far outside of the village. We had, had we had like, a driver in security just because okay. we got lost there would be no way of finding us. Yeah, 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 totally. It was it was definitely like a trip of a lifetime, but it was it was a lot to take in. Did it change you at all this you know, 21 days there? I think so. I think I had my own cultural perceptions of what countries were like in Africa. And the downtown city area is just like any metropolitan in area, like paved yeah. roads, skyscrapers, McDonald's, like super like normal stuff. But then when you go uh -huh. out of that city, then it's like you see like mud huts, Tin huts, uh, again, no internet, no lights, no nothing. Just like barren land, jungle, wildlife back there. It was, did, yeah. Did you ever have the thought to yourself, like, could I do this? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, could I live this type of lifestyle? Kind of. I actually do want to go back. I think in the long run, it's like a nice re retreat to just get away and really disconnect from everything. It's such a simple way of life. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know what people did for work, but you just kind of lived. You would get your, like, go hunt your food, or, like, if you had farms in the backyard, you just have your food, you spend time with family. It was just such a simple way of life. Did they make their own food? I mean, grow their own vegetables, have, like, livestock? Yep. Yeah, we had, like, pigs in the back uh, that got slaughtered, and that became our meals. We had people, like, going to get fr fruits and vegetables forever and, like, cleaning that stuff for us. So, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So there's no need for money, right? There is. I don't know. Like people would try to sell like cell phone minutes, at least from what I can remember. Oh, okay. Or there was like certain type of political powers. One of my uncles was in like this political position. I don't know how he made his income, but he had like a mansion. It was very. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god! And he had security. Mm -hmm. Like security drivers. It was. <laughs> But you'd see that like mansion and then you'd see like huts right next door. There was like no middle class. It was just a very separate divide of rich and poor there. Wow. That's mm. that's crazy that yeah. you can see like, is it poverty? Oh, like yeah, in some know. of these places? I would say so. It's not bad, but it's, it's not I mean, lot. they have running water? Yeah. Okay. But, um, oh, wow. That's amazing. So you you might go back one day. I think so. I think I'd love to go back just because I've definitely been more interested in our culture as I've gotten like in more professional wrestling and like reading yeah. about the tribe that I came from. Um, and I think that if my father passed away and his brothers passed away, there's like no way for my cousins and I to ever find that village, like to get back there just because it was such a trek from the airport to getting to that place. Yeah. Don't know anybody. I don't know how we'd find it. Is there a map? Probably. I'm assuming that there would be, but I don't know how they got out there. Yeah, yeah. And 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 they had been living there for you know like decades. Centuries. Yeah. Oh wow. Centuries, did you say? 
I think so. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Does being royalty get you anything from a very superficial standpoint? Out there, it would. I, I okay. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have to do anything. Okay. And but and have you found that it doesn't work this way, like in <laughs> Minneapolis or Texas? Not at all. No. I think no. Okay. Think of like royalty, and they're just like, oh, like you have these ideas of from like books that you read or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at modern day royalty as being a real thing in, in this the country like it's not really respected that way maybe in like yeah Britain, yeah not here it's funny because immediately so i've had covid and mm -hmm. um so every morning i've been watching wrestling challenge you know mm -hmm. on peacock and today uh it was um i forget who it was some squash match but it was a uh, king harley race so okay. i'm listening to you talk about this and i'm picturing like the purple cape with like the white you know and you wearing a crown okay mm -hmm. i'll get that out of my let's go back let's get back to the united states right. did you have siblings uh as well uh yeah i have one just one sister uh, older or younger oh, she's older than me okay like substantially i uh, just couple, just a couple years oh okay were you guys close or were you are you guys close um, we're, we're much closer now when i was a kid not so much because boy and girl like type thing really sure we just didn't get along okay all yeah. right some people just don't like each other for a while it takes a little bit mm -hmm. so when your dad came here and mm -hmm. you can maybe you can speak for him did he know what pro wrestling was maybe i remember when i got into wrestling i told him that i was getting into it uh he told me about tito santana mm -hmm. so he like had an idea that actually uh, there's this thing called Wasua back in Cameroon where there's like their own variation of wrestling, amateur wrestling. So that's how the like, chiefdom was actually decided was through these like huge wrestling events. And like the person that got slammed to the ground first would lose. And like, that's how chiefs were decided back in the day. How long would these matches go? I think relatively quickly. Like as long okay, as you not hours. No, like as long as you're okay. taking down, like you're already winning. Um, now it's more of like an athletic competition, but they compared that kind of similar to pro wrestling. Oh, okay. It is is one more um, painful than the other. I mean, I think over there you're just like throwing people on like the hard soil, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They're, you're not looking to protect them. Oh, no, not really. What does that get you winning one of those? Like, could you you could become a king? At least back like, in the or like back then. Yeah, back then you would become the chief. So like you would have ownership over these villages. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. Man, that must be a great night after winning that's one of those right. fights. I would think so. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, we, who introduced you then to, to uh, like, pro wrestling that we see you know, on TV? I had two really good friends of mine uh, growing up. And I remember, I think it was, like, 9 or 10, and they introduced me to D-Generation X. And, like, that was my first intro to wrestling. I had no idea what this was. That Like, they... Maybe like they recorded it on a VHS tape and they put that in. Like that was a new cool thing at school. Yeah, um, yeah. But once I like dove into that and found like the Hardy Boys, that and then I was just I was sold. I was obsessed with those people. Had you heard of wrestling up to that point where they put the no. DX tape? Not at all. Really? Yeah. Okay, so so how old were you? Like early teens? I was like I think like ten years old. Oh, okay, ten years old. So yeah. like, is it one of these things you hear these stories like you were immediately hooked? I think from what I remember, like probably like a slow burn, but then once I got into it, I became a fanatic. I was like majorly obsessed with wrestling, uh, uh -huh. begging my parents to buy pay-per-view so I could record them on VHS tape so I could have yeah, totally. I used to like buy frames like this and make collages out of the WWE magazine. Uh, really? Figures. Yeah, I was I was obsessed. Oh, that's that's amazing. You know, in the during the uh, pandemic, I I bought all of the old WWF magazines I had when I was a little kid, and mm -hmm. they're up there somewhere. But um, so, okay, so you so are your parents concerned at all? I mean, because it doesn't <laughs> just take like a couple of minutes to make a collage or yeah. something that fits in a frame like that. Did I don't they, think so. Did they I think, think it was weird? They they I don't think they thought it was weird. I thought they just thought it was like a lot. Just because of how fanatical I was about it, because um, uh -huh. I got to a point like where I convinced my mom to buy us a trampoline, because I saw like the Hardy Boys DVD and like they had a trampoline wrestling federation, so I wanted to emulate that. 
to kind of uh-huh. try in the backyard. I was going to, if I had money, I was going to build the ring around that. Um, oh, wow. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, they're making biography DVDs. So when I become a wrestler, when I'm older, I'll have like, we have we have camcorder footage of like our own backyard wrestling shows. So when oh, wow. this about me, like I have all this archive footage of what I was like as a kid that we can play. Yeah, back. yeah. That's they, they show the old like on your like your yeah. documentary like yeah. the old footage and then make it like film on the side <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's that. So okay, how what was your personality like at, uh, at that age? Definitely super quiet, introverted. If with my close friends, I'd be myself. I'd be super expressive. Yeah. I'm like very comfortable, but with like new people. Pretty. I'm still the same. Pretty introverted, soft-spoken person. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Would you Would you say you like animals more than people on a whole? Back then, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I, how tall were you? How big were you at this time? At ten years old. Ten, and then I think like my height of my like fanatic self was probably like 13, 14. So uh-huh. maybe like five, eight, maybe like one eighty. Uh, I was probably a good. Oh. Yeah, going into my freshman year of high school. So were you were you a good student? I think so. I was probably like pretty average, but I used to take like advanced placement classes just because I kind of felt bored. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like a private school most of my life, so I was like forced to be in like these higher echelon of classes. Yeah, yeah. But like I was and, the one. I was the person that where my friends would be cheating off my tests. Like I was the one that did. My oh, work. really? Yeah. That's kind of like a, a badge of honor. I think so. <laughs> Someone asked if they can cheat off of you. Yeah. Did um, were your parents like big on you getting education? Oh, definitely. That's the reason why I got into wrestling so late. It was because I remember being a kid, like, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a professional wrestler. Like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sure, maybe, but you're going to go to college first and get your degree, and then you can do whatever the hell you want with your life. Oh, okay. And so, in high school, so you're pl- you play football. Yep, I did football, basketball, uh, and also did track. Oh, would you run? Would you do in track? What event? I did the four open four hundred, four by four, four by two, and over two hundred. I think I did a little bit of long jump as well. Jeez, I'm all over the place. That's an intense state, like a meet, like for a meet, like having all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so did your parents have? So they want you to go to college. Mm-hmm. Would, would, if your parents didn't even taught you about that, would have you wanted that for yourself? Or would have you jumped right into game uh, Probably. Training? I feel like a lot of people kind of fall out of love with wrestling. And, like, that's kind of what happened on the tail end of high school for me. Um, mm-hmm. So when I got into wrestling, other than, like, being a professional wrestler, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to, like, make WWE magazine. So I got into kind of, like, the graphic side of it, the design side of it. So when I was finishing high school and got into college, I was like, oh, I'd rather be, like, a graphic designer. I can make WWE magazines or I can be the person that makes the branding for the pay-per-views. That'd be, I'd still yeah, be in yeah. wrestling, but I'm not actually doing it. Okay. Yeah, so that was like my plan at the time. See, but that's good that you had a plan like that. Mm-hmm. Like I wish, you know, twenty some years ago, I I kind of knew what I wanted to do and, mm-hmm. and like guided my studies in that direction. Yeah. Um, so when does it start? So are you aware of independent wrestling by the time you go to college? No, I had no idea. Okay. Any and did you have? Had you been to shows yet, like WWE shows uh, or? There's like a d- couple of SmackDowns or like house shows when I come to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I didn't even like go to a ring. I didn't even know what ROH was until maybe like 25, 26 when I went to a show in there in Duluth, Minnesota. Not Duluth, maybe St. Paul, Minnesota. I had no idea what independent wrestling was. Were you were you training at that point yet even? No, I didn't start till no. I was 27, yeah. So, okay. So you go to college. Uh, yeah. Did you uh, stay up in, in Minnesota? I went to college down in Iowa, a small private college, and then I did some grad school out in California. Didn't really like San Francisco too much. Um, yeah, it was just like a lot to take in by myself. And then went back to Minnesota. Did finish my grad school in Minneapolis, and then after I was finishing that, I was also working full time in the field that I was going to school for. Okay. Um, and I was just like, ah, this isn't it for me. Like I'm, I already felt something missing in my life. I didn't feel fulfilled. I couldn't see myself doing nine to five for like the next. 50 years yeah yeah t- until retirement yeah so uh, i got like the spark to go back into the idea of maybe doing wrestling and during this time does anyone know like that you're frustrated and 
uh, you know, with the career and everything. Probably my two like my really good friends back home. They'd hear me complain about it, and then mm-hmm. probably my ex too at the time, just because coming home from like I was also taking like the bus from wherever I was living into the city for like forty five minutes, come back, go to grad school, like do grad school at night. Do so I was doing night courses, then I'd do the gym after that. And I was like, this is this sucks. Like this is not yeah, good. totally. Especially my first design job was just it was I was making publications from this place called Minnesota Monthly. Okay. Um, I already like checked off a goal of art directing publications. I made bus ads. Like I saw stuff in Barnes and Noble that I was making. Okay. Uh, I just didn't care about wow. the and, and the people that I worked with weren't the best. So I was just over that place. Okay. I mean, that, when you spend like more time with the, the, like those people than you yeah. do with your family, yeah. you know, that's going to happen. You want it to be with people that you enjoy yeah. being around. Yeah. Okay, so when then do you start saying, you know what, I'm going to look for a trainer. I'm going to do this uh, pro wrestling. So it was literally the day the WWE 24 documentary about Seth Rollins came out. Um, like the year prior to that, I kind of started getting back into it. Unfortunately, like the Shield debuted because that grabbed my attention immediately. Yeah, yeah. It was literally a WWE 24 documentary where I was like, I got goosebumps that day watching that in the living room. I was like, I think I need to do this. Like I, I just, I knew I wasn't happy with where I was at in my life. Uh-huh. And then I just make decisions in my mind. And if once I make that decision, I was like, I'm going to go for it. So I started looking up schools. Uh, there's the black and brave in Iowa. I was mm-hmm. met and moved to Iowa by myself and just go do that. Yeah. Um, they find, I forgot, it was old WWE referee and somewhere in Minneapolis was training. I think it was where Eric Redbeard started. Uh, okay. The ring was in some like weird industrial building and it was like sunken in the middle. There's only, like a few people there, but that's where I was going to start until I moved to Maryland. Okay. And it was like trying to wrap my idea around, okay, you're going to pay $3,000 to get trained by someone that claims to work at WWE or used to and just hope for the best and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you make your decision? Um, so I was going to do that. And then mm-hmm. By happenstance, we ended up moving to Maryland. My ex got a job out in Baltimore. So I was like, okay. In the transition, I was looking at schools out there. So I found MCW. I was yeah. like, all right, once I find a job, I'm signing up for that. Uh, and it took like six months. So fortunately, I started like January 4th of 2017. And then oh, it was just off to the races after that. Um, is this, how many nights a week is this? Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from like six to 10. And then- okay. they- do like birth so people can have birthday parties at the training center on the weekends uh-huh. and like the students that are getting ready to perform in matches can have those training matches like put on a show for the kids but that's like yeah yeah practice. oh cool so it's like tuesday thursday at least and then typically for a good solid like eight months or so every saturday sunday i was doing birthday parties at least showing up setting up the ring just like being around the atmosphere and they'd have shows mc every once a month once or twice a month so it just it became to like take over my life were the birthday party shows fun? Like, were they mostly children? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be like kid birthday parties or like older kids. Sometimes the people would have like their bachelor parties there. Oh, really? Uh, or for but like this, uh, at least for like the younger kids, at yeah. least they're enthusiastic. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's not like you're like making balloons in the corner. Yeah. You know. And I think it's a good way to start out as a wrestler. If you can make kids like boo you or cheer you, that's a great way to start your wrestling career. If, like you can get over, yeah, and entertain them. Then, like, of course, you want to entertain the kids. So then the, the parents have to take the kids to the show. Then they have to buy your merch, and that's how you make money here. Yeah. So. Okay, so you're going to train at MCW. Yep. Is it? Um, hey, first question, and I hope this doesn't come off wrong. What made you think you could be a pro wrestler? Uh, like, was like, did you say like I have great cardio? I can, you know, I can talk. Blah blah blah. I think just doing athletics my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if I didn't think that I could do it, I just told myself I had at least have to try uh, just because like, I had a back injury in high school. And if I didn't try, I think I would have regretted not ever attempting to do this my whole life. Sure. And it was something that I was so obsessed with for such a long part of my life that I felt like I just like felt compelled that I have to do it. So did, did, you, did you tell your parents at the time? Yeah, they like they knew. Um, I think like most parents are just kind of like, okay, well, like, because who who's really going to believe you if you're like, oh, I want to become a rock star? 
Okay. Yeah, totally, totally. My dream, but then I think that was extra motivation for me because once mm -hmm. I started succeeding in this, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting signed to this place now, and now I actually get an income. Um, yeah, so like, kind of shove it in your face that you didn't believe in me, and now. Uh -huh. I'm so. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. It's like having a super, like getting a superpower for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So prior to your first day of training, had had you ever been in like a formal wrestling ring before? Nope, never. Was, was so on your way to uh, to, to training mm -hmm. that evening? Were you nervous about it during the day at work? Uh, definitely nervous, anxious. I went twice prior to like watch the practices. Oh, so okay. Prior to going. I would go to the trampoline park and I'd practice bumping because I would watch videos of how people would take bumps. So I was like practicing bumping. I saw some of the drills that they do. So I'd replicate the cardio drills at LA Fitness and just oh, like, cool. myself, like the best cardiovascular shape I could. Um, I knew it was going to be tough, but it was just trying to like keep an open mind. I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to be okay at this. I would see, I would look at people. I'd do like the eye test. I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I'll be better than them. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign up for this. And they want to try it out. Um, but only so many people can actually succeed and be good at this. So, did, um, did, uh, how did you get into the ring? Uh, I think the first two weeks, we couldn't even get in the ring. We just did like simple lockups and like wrist holds in the corner and the back. Uh huh. <laughs> And then, like, really? they us, yeah, they taught us a proper way to get into the ring, like wipe your feet off. And then uh -huh. everyone's kind of testing out because they always think it's springier than it is. And then uh -huh. you take a bump and you're like, oh, okay, this actually kind of like is jolting to the body. You're throwing yourself yeah. around. Um, did you, um, did you t take bumps when you weren't in the ring? Like at, at those in the first, at the beginning? Uh, I don't think so, no. So when you did get in the ring and you had been practicing uh, on a trampoline, yep. did taking the bumps come a little easier to you? Or was it still yeah. like a shock when you hit the mat? It was still a shock, but I remember one of the coaches, Dean, being like, oh, you look like a natural at this. I'm like, yeah, well, I've been practicing doing this. For <laughs> yeah, so if I you, tried to make sure I was ready as best I could. If you got thrown out of a first floor window, mm -hmm. would you know how to to land better than say like me like if i, I think so I think based on your training i think so like you learn like learning roles i think that stuff really comes into play with like some type of survival skills because i remember yeah. about uh bo dallas got ejected through his window and he like four rolled off the front of the car and like those really? things yeah so i think you're gonna just land on your feet if you fall off something but or you're like tuck and roll because you want to take the momentum away from all uh -huh. this gravity pulling you down so just like little and, stuff like that i think comes into play yeah i i think so again it's like you guys have like a superpower so. when i say you guys talented professional wrestler giant mm -hmm. you know like so those are uh royalty um so in in what was like the most difficult thing to to pick up on uh, as like a new trainee i think remembering like all the holds and stuff that you were learning. Because um, uh -huh. it's the first time, it was the first time in my life since school where I was a beginner at something that I sucked at. And like, you were learning something all over again, hands-on. Uh -huh. And when you're not picking it up, picking it up very quickly, that's very frustrating. Um, so just like writing down things that we were learning. Cause everyone's, everyone's throwing you different information all the time. And then you start mm -hmm. learning, people have different opinions on how things should be done. And you're just like, well, then who the hell am I listening to? They said do it this yeah. way. They said do it that way. And you're trying to remember all this, but then you're also trying to not trying to like break your ankles as you run and hit the ropes. Do uh, you have like a mentor at that time where you can they someone you can go to and kind of decipher whose advice you should be following, whose you shouldn't? Not really. It's just like you just have the coaches, RJ and Dean, just saying like, shut up and listen. Do not talk back. And then just take your mental reps because it's, it's like a lot to take it in from three and a half, four hours. Yeah. The biggest pet peeve for a lot of people coaching, even when I help new people now, uh -huh. is if you're like eighth in line, you're not paying attention. And like they do this drill and everyone's doing it right. And then you mess it up because you weren't paying attention. That will piss someone off so quickly. Oh, yeah. And you do you learn that like right yeah. away that yeah. like. And, so and there are still people who. All the time. 
<laughs> yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a, but why would they want to become a professional wrestler and half ass that? They have no idea. They will get out of what, what what surprised you the most for like from like being a wrestling fan? Like what what was surprising the most about with training? Mm. I think the amount of cardio that we were doing that was a lot. Like it's a lot of cardio, and you don't think about like how this is basically like CrossFit games, powerlifting, because you're picking people up, but then you had to sprint to do spots, and then yeah. the stamina that you needed to have, and as well as like it's all the physical things, and then okay, facial expressions, registering moves, selling, how do you like get the crowd into it, and all this like acting part of it too that you don't even think about. I think yeah. that, like once you started getting to like ROH and think about TV camera angles and facial expressions. As a whole different level of training than other just like the physicality of wrestling. Do you have like, and this is probably you wouldn't, do you have like a notepad that you care, like would, that I you would, have early on with like, oh, I should write that down? Nope. I, or does that look too nerdy? No, nah, I always suggest bringing a notebook because you're never going to remember everything that people are telling you. Notebook, have notes app on your phone. I record uh-huh. notes of stuff because it's just, we take in so much information every day from just like social media or whatever you do every day. So to try to like take in information for three to four hours and try to remember that in one day, it's not going to happen. So just, I tell people to take notes, take notes all the time. Can you become a successful pro wrestler only going to like your two nights a week, six to 10, and you don't practice the stuff any days in between? Can you become a good wrestler with, you know, eight hours a week? I think that's subjective. I think people okay. probably could, but it's mm-hmm. also the work outside of that, the days in between where you're watching wrestling. You're like, I remember people would come in and tell us practice how you would sell things or wrestle an invisible man at home to like mm-hmm. go through spots in your head. Uh, and even now, just like watching wrestling, watching movies and TV shows, taking in character stuff, researching, writing stuff down, it's, it's yeah. constantly top of mind almost 24 seven. Can you watch wrestling as a fan still? It's tough. It is, is that, really tough. Yeah. Is that angering at all? Like, not necessarily, but I think the business has changed. I, you try to like take yourself out of it and think of it not as a job. Yeah. Um, but I remember what like, why I fell in love with wrestling, and it's because the Hardy Boys back in the day, and to try to find people that can like. The wrestling has changed. Like it's not. Yeah. You see storylines, but I don't. I don't know. That nothing's really grabbing me. It's nothing like emotional six months build of, of something yeah, yeah like it doesn't feel the same anymore it's just like oh let's do cool stuff and that's gonna get a, like a huge reaction but like what about the underdog baby face that's been getting his beat up for eight months who's finally going to like defeat the villain that's the stuff that uh-huh. i care about yeah at this time does your day job know that you're training to be a pro wrestler yeah i would tell people and they again, say stupid stuff to you not even dumb, but again, it's just people like, oh, that's interesting. Because at work, I'm I, at least at that job, I'd be very reserved. And they're like, oh, the, you like never talk though, and you're gonna go do that. And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. yep, I'm gonna go do that. At MCW, do is talking um, and developing a character mm-hmm. part of the training. Yep, we do promo classes every Tuesday. Uh, I remember Nat, our coach Nat, coach Nat would give us like assignments and then you'd go like study promos. I would like write down scripts because you would have to, I was very introverted. So you had yeah. to get out of your, your shell and perform in front of your peers. And sometimes some of the older vets would come by and watch with the coaches. And at the, Is that intimidating? It was at first, but I think doing it every week, I was getting into a really good, good groove because I was at least back then, in my opinion, I was cutting some amazing, like, emotional promos where people are just like, how are you doing that? But I was wow. also watching, like, I don't know, I was watching whatever movies or TV show at the time that I try to pull character influences from or pull from, like, super emotional stuff. And then I just, mm-hmm. once I would just go, I would just start letting it out. What point did you say to yourself, you know what, I'm pretty good at this? <laughs> uh, dang. Maybe like, like years you, into your career. I think a couple of years in. I think when I was starting to have, uh, maybe matches with people. Uh, like I'd like to call matches on the fly and practice. That's uh-huh. the way to be. If anything ever goes wrong, you can like slow down and communicate with whoever and like kind of take control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe like 
three and a half, four years, four years in. But that's that's my own subjective opinion. I think yeah. it's about this. So, did um, when it was time for your first match, mm -hmm. do you just wait to to be told, or do you kind of say, "Hey, I think I'm ready," to somebody? Uh, I think my first match was four months in. Um, wow. I remember my coach just kind of telling me, this is when I kind of learned how everything can change on the fly. Because I remember, oh, yeah, you're going to have your first match. Uh, you're going to do it against this guy. So him and I were practicing for a few weeks. And then the day of, oh, now it's going to be a tag match. You guys are going to wrestle these two other people. Good luck. And I was like, <laughs> it was at a birthday party. So the pressure should not have been there because it was just in front of kids. But it's, it's yeah. your first time wrestling out there with, like, full gear trunks. With, like, yeah. You don't know what you're doing. So I was, I was terrified. And at the, at that time, dude, like you just they tell you go buy whatever trunks and, and boots. Well, I think I already had an idea in my mind, so I already bought custom boots. Like once I signed up, I got custom boots and I got gear. So I was like, I, uh -huh. this is how I want to. I remember I was pulling. At least I still did it kind of now. Like Triple H is someone I was a huge fan of. I hated him as a heel, but the way that uh -huh. those top stars would present themselves, like everyone wore black trunks, black boots, knee pads. Uh, I was like, I know I'm physically fit, so why not present myself in that way? If anything, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look good. So I just went and bought some stuff. Is that is that is that addicting? Getting um, ring gear and stuff. <laughs> I don't think it's addicting. It's it's definitely expensive. Uh, is it? What's the most expensive piece of gear that you own? If you can say that. Getting two pairs of pants and like two vests is probably like eleven hundred dollars. They last and a long custom time. made. Yeah, like custom fitted. Um, but they just took like six months. It's just everyone's getting geared. I think wrestling there's a lot of people in wrestling, so everyone's getting gear all the time. It just takes forever. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So at what point do you hit the road? Uh, and start and, and how do you like when I say hit the road, like mm -hmm. how do you know where to go? So I actually never I like barely did the independence when I was in Maryland. Uh and within the year and a half, I was at ROH. So, yeah, with ROH, but like, three years, and then I didn't start doing the independence really until this past year. Okay, okay, that's so. How do you then get? So I assume you you know Ring of Honor by this point in your training. Uh, barely. <laughs> Still. Yeah. So what did you think was going to happen after you started training? I had no idea, honestly. Um, so I went to like one ROH show and ironically, mm -hmm. I went to one of the final battles when I lived in Baltimore. Okay. But I never looked at that in my mind as like a the, the, like the career goal here because I, I don't even know how people got signed there. I, it was just, to me, it was like a bigger independent promotion. Like they had a huge show at UMBC Center, but I didn't know how people got there. I just knew WWE had NXT and they had tryouts. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I think- So was that like, were you thinking yourself, I have to probably I'm gonna have to end up doing tryouts for NXT? Yeah. Is that like what you thought is the next step? So. Like, because we had Leo Rush and Velveteen Dream come from MCW, so mm -hmm. I think that was just like the trajectory. You didn't really know there was no AW at the time. There was really how do you get to New Japan? Uh, you're just like, okay, I'm gonna just wrestle until I guess I get a trial or. You're like still figuring out the independence things. I didn't even know they're really what that was either. Like, how do people yeah, yeah. make a career on independence? And they do, but I just had no idea that was a thing. And when you found this out that it was a thing, did it like blow your mind? Like, how many promotions there are that you could, you know, wrestle that, for? That's still mind boggling to me. There's promotions literally everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, do you have IWTV? I do actually, that and okay. the matchup. Uh, I just didn't understand people cause just because of the way that I was raised and like I went to college. So I always had this thing in my head, like need to have health insurance. I have like a retirement account or whatever. Like I have mm -hmm. this five wrestling to me was like a side hobby. Okay. Just um, until I could make it inevitably or somehow get there. But like grinding mm -hmm. on independence, I did not feel like I was built for that. Just okay. Especially at that time, I wasn't really like, I was a go-getter, but I didn't even know how to like go about making merch. How do you make like get all your shirts and stuff made? Are you really trying to drive ten hours to make a? Because it's it make it seem like you'd only make like forty bucks. I'm not gonna go spend two days to make forty dollars. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, lose yeah. more money. So why would I go do that? <laughs> so like, have stuff. you exp at that time? Did you express this feeling to anybody? 
uh, at least when Moses and I started tagging, yeah, we would be we would go do some of the closer independents to us. Like there was like two or three, but mm-hmm. I remember just he, him and I thought the same way. Like I'm not gonna go drive six hours to lose a hundred dollars on an opportunity to wrestle people because MCW had really good wrestlers there, and mm-hmm. the time that they'd bring it for these shows, those are veterans that you could work with to help get you better. Yeah, like from what I was hearing, working the independents. So a lot of people, honestly, in my opinion, aren't that great. So you have to really take it upon yourself to get better by like becoming this shot caller, uh, like ring veteran. Otherwise, you're going to just have crappy matches. Like, I don't know how I couldn't understand at that time how you're going to grow, become a better wrestler, not working people better than you. Yeah, yeah. Like wouldn't go do it. So how do you get on Ring of Honor's radar? Uh, So Joey Mercury came back. MCW, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing co- some coaching a little bit. I remember he got a job at ROH, so he was trying to build like his own NXT developmental system. Mm-hmm. And I remember he had a group of us veterans at MCW, and was like, "All right, they're gonna start having tryouts because how are they gonna start supplementing new talent?" Um, I'll, I know I trust you guys. Like, there's like five or six of us. I'll pull y'all over there, or at least go have tryouts. But like, you're with me. I'm gonna get you there. I see potential in you guys, and like we will start working some stuff with you guys. You need to know how to work team. Because in his mind, it was like developmental system, but also how do you know how to work TV and like learn how to work in this entertainment business if you don't have the experience doing so? ROH yeah. has a platform. It's a smaller platform, but like we'll get you here so you can get ready for WWE if that ever happens. Did you like say to like any of your buddies, like, yeah, have you heard about any this uh, Ring of Honor place? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I did you about, think that it was obscure? I don't think it was obscure. I remember hearing about the trial. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Why? I, I felt like I was only at MCW for like a year and a half, two years. And I felt like my life was going to change again because I knew they were training like Monday through Thursday and trying to maintain that on top of like my own life with a full-time job felt like a lot of stress that I did not need. Uh, so I just was like, I didn't want to do it. But then what made you do it? <laughs> uh, talking, to, uh, talking to Ken Dixon. I remember talking to him. He's, he's been training a little bit longer than I have. Okay. I was like, yeah, man, I don't think I want to do it. He's like, well, why not? I was like, because I don't know what's going to happen. And that, at the time, kind of scared me. Mm-hmm. He's like, why? He's like, you don't know what's going to happen. But like, why wouldn't you go take that opportunity? He's like, this could be great things for you. And then I remember talking to the coaches about it. And then I was I ended up being there. So How long's the tryout? Oh, man, it was like two days. I think we were there for like eight or nine hours in full gear, just standing there. It was that was probably the most brutal thing I've ever done, just standing for like watching twenty practice, like twenty tryout matches. That sucked. Oh God! And, like, and do you know at this point of like the history of Ring of Honor? You know, like Punk and Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels. You know, like I think a little bit. I knew mm-hmm. Punk was there. I knew Seth Rollins was there and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember once I got to the trial and like when I started going to the dojo more, uh, Brian Johnson at the time was like, everyone needs to watch this product and like get the history of this product. Cause if you're gonna work here or like try to make it here, you need to watch the show. So then yeah, I yeah. Like, old school ROH DVDs and I just, thank God they have the YouTube channel with old, full old matches. And I just like yeah. start diving head first into that. So- when when they so so what happens like they give you a call afterwards and say hey would you want to come uh the day two of the tryout i remember it was me ashanti Ashanti the dance aka two miles from uh hit row moses and myself and like okay we're all done getting undressed because we just wanted to go eat at that point yeah yeah one of the guys who was already in the dojo joe keys came over and said hey like bj says they want you so they kind of just like came and told us in secret I was like, all right, starts tomorrow. Like, be here at four. Like, okay, shit. Now it's about to get real. In your head, are you thinking, oh my god, I can quit my job? Not even. Or you haven't gotten there. Part in yet. my mind, I'm like, how the hell am I going to get out of work early enough to get here? On time? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So, my job you see. So getting selected, but that brings like a whole other set of stress to your life. Yep. Definitely. So, what what got cut from your life um, <laughs> to, that Ring of Honor took over? Uh, Little bits of everything. 
work definitely changed. Fortunately, it's super flexible. I, work, I could work, work, like work from full time. Um, oh, nice. So they were pretty lenient with that. Uh, the relationship at that time ended just because like they weren't the greatest supporter of me getting into wrestling. So I was like, well, this, if you don't support me, like chasing my dream, it actually is like kind of being successful at it right now. Like then you don't need to be a part of this journey with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like that. And I really like the time commitment alone. It was Monday through Thursday, four to, it's supposed to be from like four to eight, but if people were talkative, you might be there till nine 30, nine 30, 10 o'clock. After that, you go to the gym for like hour and a half and you get home. I've literally have maybe 20 minutes of like eating dinner at 11 PM go to sleep, wake up at seven, drive 45 minutes to work. And I did that Monday through Thursday. Were you seeing anyone as well? I, my life, my girlfriend was wrestling at the time. <laughs> oh, really? It was, so that worked yeah. out well schedule wise, right? I think so. And I think it was a good distractor to just really, for like a good year, just like eyes on the road. This is what I'm committing my life to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have anyone to like go home to like, worry about other time commitments so i got to like really structure my life and i was alone and i had like a new townhouse and it worked out great for that time it was super busy but at least it just distracted me constantly from like dealing with other shit that i needed to have in my life yeah Mm. okay i'm not saying this negatively but um (laughs) the the different could you tell a difference between say mcw and ring of honor oh immediately it was really that was also nerve wracking because I knew people that I was going to start training with were either on my level or above me. And I was like, okay, now I need to start picking it up again. It's like, you're graduating to the next level. And then you could feel it when you're training with people, the tempo and speed picks up quickly. Uh, like calling stuff is faster and just like the physicality, which I enjoyed that, but like, you're like, okay, that I need to really like step it up now. Cause it's like going from college football to the NFL, at least in my head, that's how I felt. Oh, wow. Mm. And at this point, have like, has your family seen you wrestle in person? They've never seen me wrestle until like two months ago. Really? Mm. Because of the pandemic? Uh, just because they lived in Minnesota. And then they never like came out to Maryland. They came out to Maryland like once, but I just didn't have shows at the, ch- at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, I finally got to wrestle back in Minnesota back a few months ago. And then everyone came out finally. So. Oh, did you like during the match like make eye contact with like it was your mom or your dad? Like, more nerve wracking ma- ma- like shows just because thirty people there knew who I was like who I was outside of wrestling. Okay. Uh, see like all my family members come out for the first time. It's weird, uncomfortable for me to watch it back just because they're so excited and cheering. I'm like, ah, oh, that's yeah. Like you really, it's like a whole different side of my personality that they've never seen before. My dad told me that he's like I. We don't i don't know who that person is like well that's wow. who that's who i portray on tv so you can tell they're like very proud of you i think so yeah like my even my nephew when he told me that he was proud of me i i broke down oh wow how yeah. old's your nephew i think he's 15 now oh wow coming from a 15 year old I mean, that's amazing yeah. so all right let me ask you what's what's the well, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. So Ring of Honor, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're on, was it, is hiatus the right term? I think, so, yeah, hiatus until April, apparently. Yeah, does that throw your life uh, upside down? Uh, I mean, my contract was coming up in February. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was kind of preparing myself to see what was going to happen at the time. I have some good friends in different places, so. yeah. Contract and now you see up. there's 50 zillion places yeah. you can go work. Exactly. Like contract was coming up. I didn't really know how they felt about us in the first place, just because uh-huh. six man titles great, like made history with that. But yeah, in my head, like Moses and I, I think there was a great opportunity there. The Briscoes have run ROH for the past 20 years. They've been there since yeah. the beginning. But they had no like they have people coming from other indies, but I thought if you were gonna make stars from this developmental system. Why not have Moses and I, this tag team, be the one that like challenges the Briscoes? Like they could have helped us grow so much as the tag team. Yeah. We only wrestled them like twice, and we just really? like some missed opportunities there. They could have, we could have been in the ring with those guys all the time, told great stories, like this history, this new blood. Yeah. Never happened. And building you guys up, like, um. So th- was that? Is that like disappointing? 
No, because like in the grand scheme of things, the fact that I'm even wrestling is a win for yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. If I focused on all that stuff too much, then I'd probably be depressed all the time. <laughs> Do you um oh I forgot to ask you this early on. Before you became a pro wrestler, had you ever lifted somebody above your head? Never. <laughs> okay. What about like this high? Probably, yeah, at some point. Okay. Um another question is I forgot to ask you. Do you ever worry walking out on going out on the town at night in the middle of the night that someone's gonna mess with you? Or you you don't have to worry about that at all? More so nowadays when people if I like whenever I go do anything in life, like go go store anything, people uh like stalk me and ask me about my physique and like ask me what I do in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what like happens, like, oh, what do you do? Do you play professional sports or yeah, yeah stuff like that but i don't really go i don't have like a social life at night or anything i don't care to go out anymore so do you have children no i do not oh, you're so lucky um do you do you want what kind of dogs do you have uh, i got a three-year-old pit bull oh wow mm. would he is like so you don't need to sleep with a bat beside your bed you have a dog <laughs> No, I don't think so. Yeah, my dog's this big. I have to keep an aluminum bat next to my bed. <laughs> Not that big. Oh, well, one more one more question. I've, so, like, um, in September, a friend from Minneapolis uh, came down to visit my brother and I in Chicago. And I said, yeah, have you gone to any, you know, are you going to any Vikings games uh, this year or any T-Wolves games? He's like, Not if I want to get shot. <laughs> is, that, is it that bad? Like, is it that difficult to go see a game? I don't think so. I, I okay. Think people were telling me that when I would like to visit for the holidays. Uh, Every city in this country has crime. Yes, right? Like, I don't think it's that. I think the pandemic has definitely made people desperate. Like, that is, yeah, we've never experienced like anything like this in our life before. And a lot mm -hmm. of people lost jobs, lost family members. So the times have changed. I don't think Minneapolis is that dangerous. Yeah, I was shocked when I heard. I'm like, yeah. but you used to have season tickets to these things. You don't go. You don't see the twins anymore. Um, okay, I'm sorry. That was I was I had some questions about Minneapolis and the surrounding mm -hmm. area. Um, okay, listen, I'm gonna let you go in a minute because right. um, I'm starting to get like exhausted from this goddamn <laughs> COVID. Um, I haven't hugged my kids in over a week, oh, uh, wow. which in some aspects is a good thing. Can I ask you though? five non-wrestling related questions <laughs> yes or no's that's fine and i i will with the caveat that i usually run these by my wife but since okay. i've been quarantined for the last week i just try to use my own judgment gotcha. um okay are you a fan of israeli trance music uh, i don't think so okay can you pick a lock and operate a getaway car probably not Okay, for one hundred and seventy-five thousand okay. dollars, would you let a family member sketch um, a tasteful new drawing of you? Yes. <laughs> okay. okay, I love the honesty. Um, have you ever traveled to Russia on Christmas Day to compete in a boxing match to avenge your uh, your best friend's death? His name happens to be Apollo in a boxing ring. That would be a great story, but I haven't. Hmm, interesting. All right. And do you, like me, um, believe that black licorice is disgusting? Yeah, it's gross. Okay. Yep. It's sickening, right? Like, I don't even know why I was thinking about it. All right, you five for five. That was insane. You did great. Um, very confident as well. So do you have stuff booked for the next couple months or I do. see where things go? Uh, I'm, it's apparently like... Ironically, I'm not really wrestling in Texas so much the next few months. Uh, I got okay. shows in New York, New Jersey, uh, Wisconsin, and back to Minnesota. Maybe going back to Orlando. Um, oh wow! AEW stuff coming up. So, uh -huh. oh, I didn't even get. To, I didn't even have time to ask you about that. Was that? I'll I'll, I'll ask you real quick. Was is that um, like a badge of honor? Like getting. In, I in, assume you got invited to to wrestle. I did. Uh, I guess. Like, are so. you able to say I'm proud of myself? Like, it's I think I'm pretty I'm impressive that I got to get in the ring with Andrade. Uh, in my opinion, he's one of the greatest wrestlers right now. Yes, he's phenomenal. 
Uh, is it overwhelming? I don't think so. Like I, I look oh, at that okay. as like something that I had to step up to, and I just wanted to make moments and yeah, did that. So as long as like, especially being by myself doing that, I was like, mm-hmm. I had to just really grab onto the confidence that I have. I'm like, no, like I deserve to be here. They, they yeah, me here. They brought me back again. Uh, clearly, they see something in me, and I also see that in myself. So it's time oh, to. God. I'm show that up. must be that must be a great feeling. Like if you said to your parents, like, "Hey, listen, I'm wrestling for AEW Dark," would they know the significance? No, no I tell oh, you're wrestling that. in the dark. No, yeah, they have no idea what the hell this is. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. right. so they haven't seen uh, your AEW Dark. Uh, it, but they just don't. When I talk to people about wrestling that don't know what this is, they don't. They like can't. I get it. Like they can't grasp the concept of like. How yeah, yeah. Like yeah, man, I've been on national television before. I've been on pay per view. Like, oh, that's okay, cool. Yeah, totally. Oh, you think you're a movie star now? Yeah, exactly. Do you have an IMDb page? I think I do. From I think you automatically yeah. get one for being AEW programming. Yeah, I actually, I think they started back when I was in ROH pay per views. So, oh, really? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I, uh, I was really looking forward to this all day. And, and let me be a hundred percent honest. I was, I was very intimidated. Um, uh, by you, uh, but um, I'm I'm glad I got through it and I faced my fear. Um, but no, it was it was a pleasure talking to you, and I'm uh, deeply grateful uh, for you coming on and giving me this time. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. All right, you take care and stay healthy, and uh, hopefully, I'll talk to you again. Sounds good to me. Appreciate it. All right, take care. You too.